several years ago at a family gathering, Leanne's family, um, we were at, at her, I think it was at her uh, brother's house, and it was probably a holiday of some sort. I don't even remember whether it was a, like Christmas or July 4th or what, but some holiday. And Leanne's sister-in-law had made a, a new dessert, okay? She had gone out on a limb, tried something new, and it had been a lot of effort, and it was a big deal to her, and it was, she had made a, a tort, okay? I didn't know what a tort was, but anyway, she knew what it was, and she had made it, and she was really proud of it. And, and Leanne's oldest brother referred to this, and, and he called it a tart. Now, those are not the same thing, apparently, and... The, for her at least, the tort was at a culinary level that was high above a tart. So she said, it's a tort. Well, Leanne's older brother has a little streak in him, okay? And so for the rest of the afternoon with, boy, I love that tart, and she said, it's a tort. And then he would say, man, I'm glad you brought that tart, and she would say, with increasing emotion. It's a tort. By the after, end of the afternoon, we were all very aware that this was indeed a tort and not a tart. And I'm not sure she was speaking to anyone by the time we all left either. <laughs> Aren't fa family gatherings fun, right? We love them, right? We do love them and and we sort of hate them too. And we're heading into this season where we're going to have some family gatherings, and you know, you're probably looking forward to those. I'm looking forward to those, some of those as well. Maybe with that sister-in-law, maybe not, but anyway, they bring some emotion, right? And we're going to see some people that we really love and some people that we love, but we don't always love being around, right? I mean, that's just true for every family. No, no family's perfect. No family's got it all together, and and we'd love to sort of have that Norman Rockwell picture that we have on the, the screen right now. That's our series art of, man, everybody's gathered around the Thanksgiving table and the, the turkey's perfect and everyone's smiling and we're about to have a great prayer. But as you'll notice in this picture now, Grandpa has an iPad in his hands and there's a few iPhones around and, and, and things have changed, right? I mean, everybody's looking at a screen and you might be afraid that somebody's going to get a little tipsy before the afternoon is over. And, and it's not, you know, sometimes the turkey burns. Sometimes it's not done. Sometimes things just don't go as planned and it's not that picture that's sort of idyllic that we all long for. Maybe you're going into the family events, thinking that you've got that uncle or aunt that's going to ask the same series of questions. Do you have a boyfriend? Are you going to get married? When are you all going to start a family? When are you going to finish college? When are you going to retire? When are you going to get a different job? When are you going to whatever, right? And all of that, even though it may be well-intentioned, feels like some not-so-veiled reminders that you have failed to do something that should have been done by this point in your life, right? And it's uncomfortable. And as much as you may love that person, it makes it a little difficult to be around that person. Maybe your family you're afraid is going to end up in a fight before the day is over. They're not always easy. So how do we as, as Christians, as people who care about our families, 
how do we approach these days? I mean, last year I read lots of studies that said there were many people who were dreading family gatherings because we had just ended a big sort of contentious political season, right? And they didn't want to have those political conversations that were inevitably going to come up because we had strong feelings and they weren't necessarily the same thing. So where was that going to go? So how do we as Christians this year, how do we approach this in a way that maybe is a little more healthy? My family's not perfect. Your family's not perfect. So how do we, how do we deal with these family gatherings and, and maybe with our families in general in a way that's a little more healthy? Today I'd like us to begin the series that we're calling Family Time. It's going to be a short series just this week and next week as we look toward the holiday season. And to get at this today, I'd like to turn to the book of 1 John, near the end of the New Testament. Uh, John writes this, same one who wrote John the Gospel, okay, he was one of Jesus' apostles, he was with Jesus, heard Jesus' teaching, and this is a letter that's written to an early church, we don't, we don't get to know exactly which one, but, but this letter sort of lays out, okay, if you're, you're wondering if you have the right kind of relationship with God, okay, if you're wondering whether you're good with God, how do you know? And John wants us to be confident in our relationship with God. John does not want us to go through life wondering, what's going to happen after I die? Am I going to end up in heaven? Am I going to end up in hell? Am I good in my relationship with God or not? He says we shouldn't live our lives wondering, here's how you can know. And he lays out some, several things that can help us know whether we are in a good relationship with God. And one of the things that he talks about most clearly is love. Do you love other people? Do you show love for the people around you? That's a sign. It's a theme that runs all the way through the book. That's a sign that you are in a relationship with God if you're showing love for other people. Now, that's not the only one, but that's one. Our love points to the relationship with God. So let's begin 1 John chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 7. John says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who has been born of God, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Okay? Love comes from God. The love that we show for other people, the love that we reflect back to God, all that originates in God. Real love is found in God. And so when we love other people, we are showing that we are connected to God. Now what we might ask when we read that is, hey, I know some people who don't follow God who still show love, so what about them? Well, John gives some other ways that we can know whether we're in a relationship with God, like obedience and faithfulness. So, so this is not the only one. This is just one of seven. So I think it's a little deeper than that. But, but the point is, when we as human beings reflect love, and that's just it, we are shown love by God, and when we show love to other people, we are reflecting that same love from God to them. Okay, that's how we know that we're in a good relationship with God, when we are reflecting God's love to other people. So love comes from God. This is God's love that we're showing the people around us. Verse 8. He says, whoever does not love, this is sort of the opposite of verse 7, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. It's a powerful statement about God, isn't it? Okay, if we're not showing love for other people, then it's clear something is wrong in our relationship with God. There's a disconnect there because if God's very nature is identified with love, 
Okay, if we look at God and we say, man, part of the very identity of who God is, now this is not the only thing, but one thing is love. There's no way for us to, to disconnect that love so we're no longer reflecting it. Okay, if God is love and we're in a relationship with God, we will reflect that love. We can't hold it back. And if we are, something's wrong with us and God. And we need to fix that first. Okay, so our love for other people is an expression of who God is. Down to verse 10. This is love. Okay, if God is love, what does it look like? Here's the practical application of the identity of God being love. This is love. Not that we love God. Okay, that's pretty easy, right? God created us, sustains our life, forgives our sins, all of those things. It's pretty easy for us to love God. But this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. It's easy for us to love people who are always good and kind and nice to us and encourage us and build us up and love us. That's easy. What about the people who don't always do that? And here we have the example of God. We have all, every one of us, sinned. We have all knowingly chosen a path that God says is the wrong path. We have knowingly done things that God has said are wrong, that we should not do. We know that. So what's love? That even though we have offended God over and over and over again, he has chosen to do what? To offer a sacrifice for us. Real love, the kind of love that God has for us, always involves sacrifice. And for God, that meant he gave up his son so that our sins could be forgiven. That's real love. If we want to talk about God being love, how we know that is what God has done. He offered his son as a sacrifice for our sins so that he could invite us into this relationship that he has for us, the relationship he made us for. That's the kind of love that we're called to have for the people around us. Verse 12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. God's too holy for us to look on. There's just too much there. We're too sinful, too incomplete to look at God. But he says, if you want to know love, if you want to know what God is really like, this is how you do it. You look for love. What's the greatest example of that? You look to the cross. It's about the cross, we just heard. Well, it is. It's about the cross. God's love is all about the cross because it's there that the sacrifice was made for us so that we could be brought back into the presence of God, so we could be, could be brought back into this relationship that God's called us into. So, what does this point to? Well, it points in part to our mission, right? Love God, love others. That's what we're called to do as a church. And this is one more reminder that we're worshiping and following and serving a God who is love. And so our call is to return that love to him and reflect it to other people. Love God, love others. But let's think back to our families, okay? These family gatherings, maybe just some extended time with your immediate family, whatever the holidays means for you, or maybe just leading through the whole holiday season. There's hectic things going on. You're busy and everybody's nerves are a little on edge. You're dealing with family. What does it mean for us as families? Lead with love. Lead with love. 
Okay? Our first inclination needs to be love. There's going to be some difficult people we're going to encounter, some difficult moments, we'll probably uncomfortable, awkward times, but, but when we go into those, we lead with love. Why? Because that's what God does. It's not so amazing that we love Him. What's amazing is He loves us. That's what He did with us. He led with love. He made us. And then when we messed that up, He sent His Son. And so when we respond to the people around us, we lead, we begin this, we go in with love. Now, that's easy to say, hard to do, right? Because there's history there. There's history there. You remember some of the things that have gone on before. You remember some words that were said that, man, they hurt. You remember some things that were done that bring back some difficult memories for you, some people who are just difficult. And so we have to intentionally choose to walk into this with love, on purpose. What does that look like? Four things I want to walk through really quickly that I think can help us do that. How do we lead with love? First, treat your family like normal people. Sometimes we don't do that, right? The normal people are the people we go to work with. The normal people may be the people that are like our direct family. The normal people may be the people in the room right now. We treat them like normal people, but family, that's a little different, isn't it? Family's a different animal. We don't always know what to do with family. In fact, we don't treat them the same. Our expectations sometimes are way up here. This is family, so they need to step it up and meet those expectations. They should be better than everybody else that we meet. Sometimes we do just the opposite. Because of the history we have, because of the stuff that's gone on in the past, our expectations are way down, and you know what? We're sure to make sure that the people around us meet them, right? We know they're going to mess up, and sure enough, they do. A bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So just treat them like normal people. Sometimes it's easier for us to show kindness to people we don't know as well as people we've known our whole lives. And so treat them with the same respect, kindness, all those things that we would treat other people. Second, Show interest in their lives. You know, this is a weird thing, I think, because there are people that we just sort of grow up around that have always been there, and we don't ever really ask them about their lives, right? Like, we, we talk to one another on Sunday morning, how was your week, right? If we're getting to know one another in church, we talk, what kind of work do you do? What have you done? Where are you from? All those kinds of things. It's amazing to me that sometimes we don't know lots of stuff about the people that we've known our whole lives because we just don't ever ask it, right? It's just assumed that we sort of know, and so we don't jump into those conversations like we would with quote-unquote normal people that we deal with all the time. But these people that we just see occasionally in our families, we don't show a lot of interest in their lives. And you know what? Sometimes that comes across as though we don't care. We're not interested. So just ask. You know, we might find out some stuff about the people that we should know best that we don't know because we never asked. We might not know their interests. We might not know their history just because we never really talked about it. Number three, show kindness. And that's true for any relationship, right? If we're going to lead with love, kindness is going to be right behind it. 
We're going to show kindness even when, you know, there is that uncomfortable moment and something said in, in a voice that hurts a little bit. Or the questions are asked that make us uncomfortable again. Or we're reminded of stuff that's in the past that we really want to get, get beyond. You know how that happens, right? Sometimes you grow up and you, you live life and you become a different person, but then you go back to your family and what? You feel like that same little girl, little boy that always was and hasn't made all these accomplishments, gotten through all this stuff, worked, gone to school, all that. And it's a little uncomfortable. Show kindness even in the midst of that. And then finally, give them a chance. Don't assume they're going to fail. They failed in the past. We've all failed in the past. And because these relationships often stretch back so many years in our lives, it's easy to remember all the stuff that these people have done wrong. All the stuff that makes us angry. That offends us again and again. And you know... It might just be that those people have changed a little bit, and if we gave them a chance, they might show us. Leading with love means we give them that chance. You know, Leanne, her family's very different from mine. I, I grew up in a family with both my parents are only children. I have no aunts, no uncles, no first cousins, none of that, all right? It was just me and my brother, my parents and my grandparents, that's all. Leanne grew up, she has 29 first cousins, okay? Eight aunts and uncles on one side, three on the other. 29 first cousins on one side, then the other side, okay? So it's a whole different world. It's a little scary when you go in there, okay? <laughs> At least it was for me 30 years ago when I started going into those family gatherings, and there's all these people. And she was especially close to, to one of those first cousins. Really, her best friend growing up was her cousin, all right? And they're in the same grade, did, you know, did everything together. And uh, when we got married relatively young at 19, and then, then her cousin got married just pretty soon after that. And, you know, the guy that she married, we just, we both sort of thought he was a jerk. We're, are we recording today or? <laughs> just checking. This one might not make it to the website, I don't know. I, I, I didn't like him. Leanne didn't really like him. He just sort of seemed like a smart aleck kid, and I did not enjoy being around this guy. And the thing is, they've lived, like, across the country. We've lived across the country, and there's been occasional interactions at Christmas or whatever for a few minutes here and there. And, you know, and then a couple summers ago, we were going to be in their area, and it's like, well, y'all come see us. And I was like, yeah, that'll be awesome, Okay. <laughs> But we did, and you know, we spent a few hours with them, and what I found out was, well, I sort of like this guy. You know, we really had a good time. Uh, we had good conversation, and he teaches English, and my dad taught English, you know, and we had a lot of talk about school, and his, where he went to school, where I went to school, and our kids are about the same age, and I thought, well, if we live near them, we could, we could really get along. Well, you know what? we give people a chance, we just might find out we're not as much of a jerk as we thought. And we have some stuff in common, and we might even enjoy being together. Lead with love. It's not always easy, because there's history there, it's family, there's stuff. But you know what? It's not going to be worse if we lead with love. 
it's only going to be better. Let's pray together. God, we're thankful for our families. We love them, and sometimes they're awesome, and sometimes they drive us crazy, but, but God, we're thankful for family, and thankful that over the next few weeks, we're going to have some family gatherings. We're going to see people that we haven't seen in a while, and some of that's going to be awesome, and some of it's going to be a little uncomfortable, and God, we just pray that you will help us to be like Jesus, to lead with love. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.